0: Good morning! WrestleZone! Wiki wiki Labor Day weekend is over. It is Tuesday, and it is me, Nick Housman at WZ Rebel over on Twitter. And we have a huge September planned for you all in the world of WrestleZone audio content. Before do we get before we get to that and much, much more, let's welcome right now our very special co-host here today, in conjunction with MLW OneShot. It is MSL. MSL, welcome to the WrestleZone audio
1: waves. Well, thanks for having me, man. We've been talking about doing this for probably over a year at this point. Our schedule's finally meshed, and here we are. I'm psyched. It's amazing because
0: we've seen each other in person the last two years at WrestleMania weekend, and I always feel like whatever half-hour discussion it is that we get into is like one of the most important discussions I have of the WrestleMania weekend. (laughs) Thank you. You know, they're, they're memorable, I'll say that much. Um, well, we, we don't have we don't have all the time in the world here today. We know you guys are busy as well, so we're going to try to get you as much pro wrestling news content here in the daily format. But before we get to that, big news here. In the world of WrestleZone Radio, I know for a while you guys have been asking, how do we get the shows on iTunes? And we've been working with Eric Bischoff over on the IRW Network to get the shows out over there. Now, uh, we are awaiting the RSS feature to go in. Uh, There's a whole lot of other stuff that just needs to be attended to first. So in the interim, I'm going to be, again, putting all of the WrestleZone Radio content up on SoundCloud. Once it's ready, once the RSS is good over to IRW, we'll jump over there. But by putting it up on SoundCloud, if you go over to iTunes, you subscribe to WrestleZone Radio every single day, except for Saturdays and Sundays sometimes, you'll see new audio content there in your iTunes feed. And you can enjoy WrestleZone Radio again over on iTunes. So yippee Kaye. Wonderful. Very exciting. Uh, also, later on in this show here today, we have a special interview after MSNL, MSL and I wrap up the news with Derek St. Holmes, journeyman wrestler here in the Midwest. Uh, was recently at Viva La Wrestling too, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that. And even before we get into our formal five-match card here, which I'm going to explain to you in just a second, MSL, I want to know what you think of Raw last night, the big cage match between Braun and Big Show.
1: Well, a- any time you can have... Two big men, three, four, 500 pounds, go at it and get a this is awesome chant. I think it's kind of a cool thing. I think Braun Strowman, the Ascension, uh, that, that this arc that he's been on the last year or so, it's the most refreshing thing in WWE, in my opinion, that you actually have a guy that the company is intending to be a main event star, and the people are not rejecting it. That is very rare in modern WWE. Yeah,
0: and, you know, they went out there, and it wasn't just all clubs, you know, clubbing and kicks, you know, and forearms. These guys went out there, and they told a logical match. There were nice kickouts at the appropriate time, and then in the end, you know, Braun Strowman put him through that cage. Now, did that feel like a a nice closing moment for Big Show, you know, maybe career-wise right there? Do you think there's more to go after this? That was a crowning moment, in my opinion.
1: I I think for that to be the end of of the career would shock me, to be honest. That's not the direction I was thinking. But certainly any sort of issue between those two, uh, I think that's got to be the end. Braun is moving on to bigger and better things with Brock Lesnar. I I am curious if Braun does not walk out of that pay-per-view as the Universal Champion. What do you do with him next? Because there's been a lot of talk of uh, the awkwardness of... Cena and Reigns at No Mercy instead of WrestleMania and Brock and Braun at No Mercy instead of WrestleMania. And it's not just a question of two WrestleMania main event quality matches being at No Mercy. It's also a question of where do you go from here uh, and and what is the story going to be from now to WrestleMania? And honestly, I have I have no idea. So it's going to be very curious to see how they booked themselves out of this corner.
0: Well, I, you know, I first of all, the reason I said could it be career-ending is I think it was Justin LaBar over on Twitter noted that Big Show, you know, his debut in WWE Valentine's Day Massacre was in a cage match throwing a man through a cage, a la like we saw him getting tossed the other night. So anyway, that's where that tangent came from. But what do you do with Braun? If you've got him and Brock at No Mercy, I'd actually have him beat Brock and take the title at No Mercy. Brock, it sounds like, is going to be away here for a couple months let Braun run Rickshaw for a bit and have Brock come back and take that title for him, setting up uh, from him, setting up whatever you got uh, planned for rumble and WrestleMania with Brock.
1: Well, the other thing is this is that for all we know, the day after WrestleMania Brock is leaving the company. Now, if I'm WWE, not that, that uh, you would ever want to root for somebody to, to fail a steroid test, but if you're WWE, you've got to feel way more comfortable and your odds of retaining the services of Brock Lesnar, now that John Jones could be facing a four-year suspension from MMA competition. Whereas before, the most logical move for Brock was let your deal expire, waltz into the UFC, possibly make $10-$15 million in one night fighting John Jones. So if I'm Vince McMahon the second that that steroid test hits the newswire, I am jumping for joy, however high Vince can jump at this point, uh, so if you're WWE, you're still in a situation where you don't know how to book this thing because you don't know if Brock is staying. But I think the odds of him staying increase exponentially when that steroid test happens.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing here before we jump into the, the five match card. Uh, sexy Star formally vacated the Reina de Reina's title on uh, AAA. Uh, she she also came out uh, shooting over the weekend saying that she didn't think Rosemary was injured. Uh, MSL just in general what's your top line response to kind of what looks to be the end of this sexy star Rosemary drama?
1: Well, it's a, uh, it, we kind of saw the entire wrestling industry take the same position on this, which is very rare, right? You think about how, how few things, how few things does everybody agree on in the world of pro wrestling? Uh, and, and I don't want this to be a situation where it's a, uh, It's overreaction, and and, and you're you're burning witches and that kind of thing. But I can't find anybody that can justify what she did. And and so if she's uh, giving up title belts, if she's losing bookings, if people refuse to appear on the same show as her, it's really tough to have any sympathy. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, And with that, guys, let's get to it. We do a pro wrestling news show here Monday through Friday. Well, Taking the holidays off, of course, Labor Day. But we do a pro wrestling news show here. And we don't like to do it like a news show. News shows, they're lame, right? We like to do it like a pro wrestling show. So we don't have segments. We don't have A blocks or B blocks. We have matches. We have five big matches every show where we grapple with different pro wrestling news headlines. Each match gets a time limit. The first match gets five minutes. The last match only gets one minute. We count them down just like that. And with that, MSL, do you understand? Do you get what we're doing here? Was that accurate enough for you?
1: Well, we talked off the air that you wanted me to be surprised. So any sort of information that I would need, I'm trying to ignore. But I know I got the gist of it, man. I'm psyched. Let's go.
0: All right, here we go. Match number one. What are we grappling with? Let's grapple with Baron Corbin. What do we know about Baron Corbin? He recently lost the Money in the Bank briefcase. He also lost to John Cena at SummerSlam. The Wrestling Observer, here's the twist, last uh, you know, 72 hours over the weekend. Wrestling Observer reporting there was an incident outside the ring that led to Baron Corbin no longer being pushed. Well, later in the weekend, we got some clarity here. PWInsider.com running a report saying Baron Corbin allegedly spoke out in a recent CTE meeting with talent and Dr. Joseph Maroon, who's, of course, the company doctor uh, for CTE you know, study. Well, Baron Corbin is apparently involved in an NFL lawsuit regarding concussions, and he took issue with some of Maroon's facts regarding CTE. Of course, Corbin is a former NFL player. Maroon tried to say that the film Concussion misrepresented him. The conversation was said to have gotten very awkward. Some thought that they, you know, they should have handled this privately, maybe not out in the full dynamic of the uh, locker room. Uh, but other people were impressed with Baron Corbin stepping up. Uh, he is still in the U.S. title hunt, but he is no longer in the main event title picture. Five minutes here. MSL. Uh, this is, like, kind of shocking that anyone would speak. I mean, if this if this story is true, which, I mean, if, I've heard, you know, I've heard from a lot of people now. It sounds like it was.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard variations of that story. So I, I have no doubt. That, that some sort of discussion took place between those two in, in front of other talent. And it, it's tricky in this business because there's instances where standing up for yourself can be a big boost for your career. Then there's instances like this where standing up for yourself can be a death sentence. So uh, if you're Baron Corbin, I'm sure there's some that would take the position of, hey, we applaud him. He's standing up for the boys. But on the other hand, with an issue this sensitive, if you want the company to get behind you, the company has got to believe that you will be a company man. Yeah, you know, okay, the, you,
0: okay, you, 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 okay. I get I get it. But to a point, right? If you think the company's saying something to you that may lead to you injuring yourself, I mean there's a case to be made that you should say something in that case.
1: Well, but if if the situation is that he believes that this doctor is giving false information and for whatever legal reasons that the company feels that these things need to be said, Do you hand the keys to the castle to a guy who is not going to – is not going to tow the company line? And and so a lot of times when guys get punished in WWE, it seems like it's for something minor, but it's because it sets off a red flag for the company of, wait a second, this is maybe a guy that we can't trust to go on at 6 a.m. in Kalamazoo uh, on the Jack and Jerry morning zoo show – to go on and, and, and spew whatever nonsense we need him to spew. They don't always like the idea of a guy having a mind of their own. Right. And if you're going to have a mind of your own, you better make sure you're a draw first. If you're not a draw yet, and they find out you have a mind of your own, you're in trouble. Yeah,
0: but here's the thing is, don't you think, it, and I don't know if this is going to, you know, trend over to the casual wrestling fan, but I would think he's at least endearing himself to the locker room by, you know, saying things that, you know, other people would be very scared to say in this same situation.
1: Oh, sure. But who decides who wins, the office or the locker room?
0: Well, obviously, the office does. But, you know, there's just there's been this weird kind of aura around Baron Corbin. Right. People don't know if they should like him, dislike him. There's all these like reports about how he rubs people the wrong way. But again, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. It's because he's got a mind of his own. Right. He speaks very candidly. And uh, look, I get it from a from an office standpoint. Like, yeah, we want you to toe the company line. We don't want to have to worry. And, you know, this wasn't like it was on Good Morning America, right? You, but it does raise a red flag there. In the end, though, if this guy genuinely felt that the, the locker room needed to know that maybe they were being misled on a health issue that could affect all of them, I, I you know, there's a certain amount of bravery in, in that as well, if that is oh, the case. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, even if it – because, you know, he does seem to be in a position where – they they have interest in him, right? Again, he's still in the U.S. title hunt. Maybe he does have the kind of clout here to, to, to make some kind of meaningful change in this situation.
1: Well, I viewed him as a guy that was being overpushed, to be honest with you. And I, I didn't think his level of overness uh, justified the push. I didn't think his look justified the push. I didn't think his work justified the push. And, and so when you're in a situation where they've picked you as one of the golden boys and then you don't act the way they expect a golden boy to that, act, this is you, what happens. That's
0: how you become a locker room leader, right? And those are the guys that really find tenure there. You know, those are the guys that, like, build up respect, you know, historically uh, in the back are the ones that are like, everybody could go to this guy. And they know, hey, maybe he can be a middle ground here but for us in management.
1: When you look at the, the locker room leaders historically— Uh, And, you know, in in the recent generations, uh, whether it was uh, Yokozuna who had a lot of clout for a long time, whether it was The Undertaker who had clout for decades, they, they got their spot first. And then once they had that power, they used it for good. If you tip your hand too early, you will never be given the power.
0: So you're saying that you're just saying that he maybe blew his load here as far as, you know.
1: Maybe a little too soon. Maybe too a soon? little too soon to stand up for the boys. But
0: you know, he's you know, look, he doesn't seem like he cares if he's at the top of the card or not. I don't know the guy, but it, I mean, just from what you can glean from his attitude, he just seems to wants to be out there, you know, making money and and you know, having the best time he possibly can. I would think. So I, I you know, he's gonna get out of the doghouse if he is at the doghouse. Again, this is all speculation. We're not there in WWE HQ. But when he does get out, you know, people will not forget what he did there.
1: You there? Yeah, I'm here. That was five minutes.
0: That was. Wait, I'm learning the rules here. How, how strictly is this enforced? I was I was waiting for you to to maybe put a put a period on there. We actually right? had, you, you used we the, had, I was counting he, it down by the second. I had I had four seconds left, so I didn't know if you had a period. But I'm glad that you're really keeping up with the rules here. That's great. I'm trying, I'm trying. Into match number one, on to match number two. What are we grappling with here at match number two? We're gonna grapple with JBL. What do we know about JBL? Well, he's the longest reigning WWE champion in SmackDown history. He also was the announcer for SmackDown until over the weekend he announced that he is leaving the commentary booth for SM- from SmackDown to pursue outside work, charity work, it sounds like. Corey Graves has been announced as his replacement. He's going to work both Raw and SmackDown. Nigel McGuinness is going to replace Corey Graves on 205 Live commentary. But here's the the maybe the bigger scoop on all of this. Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso uh, is reporting that JBL's plan to leave has been planned for months. Now... Uh, there were some travel issues cited apparently in the last two months he was changing his flights so he'd arrive for tapings on Tuesdays when they wanted him there on Sundays to prepare. That seems like a, a pretty big change. Uh, he happened, uh, but he had, he had given his notice 11 months ago. And there's also the note here that some board members were apparently appalled that JBL kept his job through the Moro Ronaldo uh, kind of quasi scandal there. Four minutes on the clock, uh, Corey, Gra- First, Corey Graves to SmackDown, is he the right guy to replace JBL in this situation?
1: I, I think that Corey Graves is the best color commentator that WWE has had in years. I say that as somebody who has worked as a color commentator for probably 15 years at this point. Uh, all praise to Corey Graves. It's been uh, such a breath of fresh air. I do worry about him getting a little overexposed or burned out here. Yeah. I realize he's giving up some of his duties as far as 205 Live, but uh, the the casual fan will now be seeing him five hours a week. That seems like a lot.
0: That that was my only worry, too, is, like, I think about, you're, you know, do you ever watch Futurama? Futurama fan? No. Oh, never no. mind. All right. Well, he's a party animal, right? He, he can't stop, right? And at some point that adrenaline comes off, and you're just tired, right? And that's what I worry about is the same thing you you just brought up there, like overexposure, you know, is this too much time on TV? I kind of personally, when I heard this, I was like, Man, I, I almost feel like it would have been so much more uh, enjoyable to watch Moro Ronaldo take that that chair and at least generate some buzz for people
1: about, oh, Moro took JBL's chair, you know. You'd you'd end up with an odd lineup though, in terms of the baby heel dynamic for Smackdown. Uh, I, there's people that would have gotten off on the social justice of it all, but, I but I understand why they went to Corey. I, I'm curious to see if, if this is just something temporary while they search for somebody else. Uh, he's the best guy they've got though. So if he can pull this off, if he doesn't get burnt out, if he can come up with woody lines for five hours a week, more power to him. Uh, I, 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 uh. I'm glad he got the spot, but I do worry a little bit long term how he's going to handle it.
0: Now, the other side of this, the more interesting detail that I brought up later in this all, you know, the WWE board members that were allegedly appalled that JBL even kept his job. Uh, are you surprised to hear that that would be the reaction of board members for the WWE?
1: Is this no, supp- oh, no? I would, I would imagine the board members of any any company would have been appalled. Uh, I do think that there is a certain code of ethics that would justify uh, the keeping of JBL. I mean, playing devil's advocate, if WWE had expected JBL to be this locker room enforcer, uh, bully, label it however you want, where he's essentially picking on guys or, or or singling out guys that the office wants to be taught a lesson, and he's the one that's kind of doing their bidding, be kind of unfair to expect him to play that role And then not have his back when he gets in trouble for playing the role that you wanted him to play. So I I think uh, the reports that we're seeing in terms of Vince McMahon, who vehemently was standing behind JBL when the board wanted JBL removed, I think that's all the confirmation that you need that JBL had been acting at his behest.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, JBL really had nothing to lose that situation, right? He'd already given his notice, it sounds like, nearly a year, you know, or at this point, like five, six months before. So, you know, he's just trying to hold out time till till he gets his foot out the door and, you know, finishes out his commitments. It, I mean, is there longer-term ramifications here for this with Vince, you know, now that this is kind of out in the open and he's having, you know, it sounds like a bit of back and forth with the board members here. Does this lead to anything?
1: I, I, I don't think so because I think ultimately – Vince was vindicated. I mean, if the concern from the board was, man, there's no way that we can keep this guy and have this thing blow over. It's just going to prolong the story. Well, in the end, Vince was right. It did blow over. Uh, they brought Morrow back, which really neutralized any sort of uh, uh, any sort of public controversy. So I, I don't see any sort of lasting effect in terms of the board uh, questioning Vince's judgment or anything like that. Because Vince was proven correct. If anything, it would enhance Uh, your confidence in his judgment.
0: That's time. Good job. All right, into match number two. On to match number three. What are we grappling with here? Let's grapple with Raw and Christmas. I should have put a question mark in the run sheet. What do we know about these two? Well, traditionally, when Raw has wound up on Christmas, they do some kind of recap package or some such like that, maybe a tribute to the troops that they've pre-taped. Well, the twist this year WWE has announced that Raw is going to go live on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Raw will be live in Chicago, my backyard here, uh, and the Hardy's wives, the first two I've seen, tweet out much displeasure that their husbands are no longer going to be with them on Christmas Day. Three minutes. Now, first of all, and I haven't gotten this confirmed, but I've heard that this was more the network requesting to do this. Um, But, I mean, at the same time, I would guess... Like, they were like, Yeah, we'll pay you a lot of money. And Vince was like, Sure, I'll have everybody work. I would imagine that's kind of how this goes, right?
1: Well, I'm not privy to the details of of the NBC Universal contract, obviously. So I I would be curious myself uh, the once or twice a year on a holiday where they do produce a tribute from the troops or some sort of recap package of how that episode. Uh, Is the licensing fee adjusted in any way? Is that, is that addressed in the contract of a reduced licensing fee that week? If they're being paid the same amount each week, if you're the network, why wouldn't you want a fresh show if you're paying full price? So that I could understand. Uh, Obviously you're going to have wives and family members that are upset, but look, Let's look at the major sports. The NBA is playing basketball all day long, right? So, I mean, if if you're entertainment, this is how it goes.
0: They get an off-season, though. NFL, NBA, those guys all get off-seasons where they go away, and then they come back, they get paid a lot of money, work for X amount of months, and they get to go away and be with their families for several months. Wrestlers, they don't get that luxury. Well, the luxury is when you get injured. Oh, good. That's good. Now you have guys. That's the offseason. No. That's not a respectable offseason. Well, then it's also, you know, just beyond the superstars, all the crew and stuff. Just this right. sheer, the sheer dynamic of right. how many people are affected by this decision. Uh, and then on top of that, here's the other side. It's coming to Chicago, my backyard. How many people how many people do you think are going to want to go to a WWE Raw the night of Christmas Day? Do you think that'll be a success?
1: I think it would be a bigger success than if the show is Christmas Eve and it I think it's a nice stocking stuffer as well to you know kid wakes up that morning and sees they've got tickets for Raw that night so in terms of any sort of live draw I don't know enough about what they normally draw in that market to tell you you know how big of an effect it's going to have but I you tell me I I would think Christmas Eve would be a lot tougher of a sell Sure
0: sure, sure. and the stocking stuffers thing I can totally see that so will this I mean it Putting aside all of the discomfort the superstars and crew and their families have having to gone through, will this be a success? I mean, will this become a thing that people are, like, looking forward to maybe even on Christmas is sitting around and watching wrestling after the presents have been opened and they've eaten all of their turkey and stuffing?
1: I, I, I don't see, let's say it had been attributed to the troops or, or some other some other version. I think the average fan is either going to watch that night or not watch that night. If they've got plans with their family, if they've got something else going on, there's some big NBA game that night that they don't want to miss. Uh, I, I don't see this having too much of an effect of going live versus having, a, having been taped. I'll, I'll say this, though. I am curious to see the talent themselves You know, we talk sometimes when a a guy's coming up for a big match and you could tell from his facial expression that he's probably not going to win. I want to see on that night if it's noticeable in any way in the the mannerisms and the body language of the talent that they don't want to be there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that is time. Uh, We went a little over, but that's okay. Good points were made. Uh, On to match number four. Clock is ticking down. Two minutes for this one. What are we grappling with? Well, let's grapple with Ric Flair. He's been battling some severe health issues Recent reports indicate that he is now on the road to a long recovery. But here's the twist: over the weekend, the Nature Boy put on his best limousine riding hat and uh, I ain't dead yet, Mother effers T-shirt, and cut a promo letting everybody know that he is still around and kicking. Uh, two minutes on the clock. What a what a moment! Ric Flair, twenty percent chance of survival. It sounds like they gave him. He's back. I mean, I this guy will this guy will be on Raw within a year, will he not?
1: I, I would imagine they would get him on as soon as he's up to it. Uh, obviously, for everybody that was pulling for Ric Flair, which, which I would imagine would include all wrestling fans and and, uh, and a lot of other people as well, as he's such a beloved figure in our culture, uh, it was a relief. you know, And and details were scarce in a lot of ways of exactly what was going on. Uh, but like everybody else, I, I was very pleased when I saw it.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. As I was thinking over the weekend as this news was coming out about Rick I was flipping through the dial. I saw the ESPN 30 for 30. His 30 for 30 has not been released yet. Right. It's still like I think I think it's November. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be in November. How much better is this now that we are getting to like Rick is getting to see the world react to it rather than it kind of being, you know, one of those sad post mortem pieces, which, you know, it was kind of it looked like it may have become.
1: Well, the other thing too is—is is this now going to be included in some way? You know, are they going to have oh, to go back and that. recut this thing or delay it again? It's been delayed many times. Oh my God,
0: you're right. So you're you're thinking that maybe they would be like, well, hold the phone here. This this man cannot stop writing life chapters here. We've got to go back and include this in the life and times of Ric Flair. Yeah, it could could be, could be. Oh my God, I could absolutely see that. And how great! By the way, uh. The 30 for 30 aside, how great was it to see him to go to back to his most base, carny elements as soon as he had consciousness again <laughs> and send people to a lake where they could get his Ric Flair merchandise? Would
1: you, would you expect anything else, man? No, this guy's amazing. You know, it's like he's going
0: 60-minute Broadway with death. This man, it's like nobody's going to win here. Uh, all right, we'll call that one uh, that round a little bit early since we went over with the Rock Christmas. Final match here, 60 seconds on the clock. What are we gonna grapple with here? Let's grapple with let's grapple with WWE and Mexico. What do we know about this? Well, WWE of course always looking to grow their presence abroad. Uh, they currently have like a couple mass luchadores on Raw, believe it or not. Uh, the twist here in the last 24 hours or 72 hours, WWE has announced they're going to be doing WWE Saturday Night as an exclusive weekly show on Fox Sports Mexico. It's going to feature highlights, exclusive interviews. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's going to be any live action, and it could be. Uh, similar to the kind of weekly show they're doing in Dubai now. Uh, first off, have you seen? It's got. It's called like uh, wrestling, but it's got like a number three in it. Have you seen any of the Dubai clips?
1: No, no, I have not. Fill me in.
0: Oh well, it's like a. It's like your basic, you know, uh, recap show that WWE does in studio. But you know, they've got young uh, people from Dubai speaking the language, ta- putting over a lot of gender mahal in this. Uh, but. It was very slickly done. It's fun. It's different. It, it reminds me of stuff they used to do more of in the 90s. And it just, I don't know, it's just just great tool that is just helping them solidify their massive global expansion here. It's like if they don't have time, they, they can't do a full investment to launch a promotion in a territory they're interested in. But they can at least get one of these weekly shows going on a big, mar- uh, big network and start to build some buzz in that area. I just, I, I don't know. I like these shows.
1: Well, I I do have fond memories of, uh, as a child, watching some of these WWE recap shows, and and I do think there is a place for that kind of stuff, especially when there's always news breaking through the week on shows like this one, uh, on shows like MLW Radio. So I've always thought WWE should incorporate that more, having a recap show later in the week and filling us in on what's gone on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday.
0: I'm out here in the alley behind... Reggie's Rock Club in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm joined right now by journeyman, pro wrestler <laughs> Derek St. Holm. Derek, welcome.
2: Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm enjoying this atmosphere here. Uh, as you know, I used to live in the Chicago area, and this I do. Is by my old neighborhood. I appreciate
0: this. Yeah, it's, it, this is like—so let's talk real fast yeah, about Viva Wrestling. Yes. You weren't at the first one.
2: No, I was not at the first one. I'm here tonight, but I'm actually not on the show. I I, was, I was hired to drive in the Russian Beast. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a very strange character. Doesn't say anything. sits in the back.
0: Is he still in the car right now?
2: No, no. He went downstairs and he's just like sitting in the corner. Oh. Like well. just.
0: Yeah. He got like a big yeah. steel chain. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He just he likes to he likes to psych himself up. Is I it harder I don't know. now?
0: Do you think for? Do you think he's angrier now because there's like an anti-Russian sentiment in the United States?
2: I don't know. I know that he does follow the beat of his own drum. Sure um we've never actually talked about it like i've said the man never talks okay uh just points gestures growls it, it, it's 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 very shocking so
0: he seems like he'd be a good fit for people wrestling yes because, yes you know the fans they just want to see somebody get beat up here
2: well but and that's ac- exactly what he's very good at he's right. very good at beating people up he just shows up does his job gets his money and leaves driving back to the airport he flies off i don't know where he flies to wow
0: That's I mean I would imagine Russia. I would
2: imagine he's announced from Russia, but again um, The only other time I've spent with him waiting in hotel rooms just stands in the corner does squats for hours on end. Wow. Bodyweight squats.
0: Hindu, Hindu squats? Hindu
2: squats. Firm believer in training.
0: Sounds like Bob Backlund.
2: Ha, ha, ha. My close personal friend, Bob Backlund. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes.
0: Now, let's get uh, That's uh, the Russian beast, obviously, be here to destroy people. You, yes. You, journeyman Derek St. Holmes.
2: Well, I'm here to drive him. I'm here to check out the opportunity, check out the talent here.
0: Because you do commentary for I, A.A.W. I do yes. commentary
2: for AW. I have a very successful podcast, Cigars and Conversation. Wonderful show. Thank you very much. Yes. We uh, take like, a
0: look at individual points in the history of. Robert yeah, yeah,
2: it's something. It's a, it's a podcast. Like I would like to hear because I want to learn more about the past and what we've done. And I realize some people aren't interested in that. That's fine. But I think you have to understand the past to know where you're going with everything.
0: Agreed. So when you, from a historical perspective. Yes. Now we're here, we're in this alley behind Reggie's, Viva La Wrestling. Yes. You like this vibe.
2: Yes, I like this vibe. I like that wrestling has joined this presentation, this style. As you know, I've also done a lot of work with Lucha up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, one of the innovators of this variety show style yeah. of uh, style of presentation. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of it. I always think the locker rooms look like demented Batman villain hangouts. Sure. It's incredible.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, th- these particular shows, the WWE wrestling, everybody's so laid back. That translates to the ring. I feel like these shows are like, you know, Jim Cornette is so angry sometimes about certain styles of shows. I feel like he wouldn't really like this show.
2: Uh I agree it's not the traditional wrestling show, but if you look at it from how, just a different point of delivering the product, I think it's a viable channel that wrestling can funnel into.
0: What do you think about death matches? Because I, I don't know, you uh, don't do death matches. Right? No, I. Well. Your friends do.
2: Yes, yes. I have a lot of friends that do, and, and God bless them. I, I am not a fan of death matches in their own. I'm a fan of death matches as the result of a feud or an ongoing storyline that builds up to a certain match where now we're going to do this.
0: Okay. Because we got Marcus and Graham, they're going to go out tonight and just like, Love drink them. and then beat each other with lights. Love them. Yes, love them. Wonderful. Good for them. Thank you very much, Derek. So you, were, you want to send anybody hard out here where they go find fi- find you, follow you, all those great things. Uh,
2: we are, I believe, we're now on iTunes. Cigars okay. and Conversations. Please look us up. Uh, if you like an episode, please leave a comment. We're always interested in questions. If anything you want to know, please get a hold of me through there. Thank you very much Derek for taking the time to chat with me. Viva la wrestling 3 is going down
0: November 19th at Reggie's Rock Club. Go to reggieslive.com, get your tickets and uh, we'll have some big news about that show later this week. But before I get into all my shilling, you're here for one reason right now, MSL, and that is Because I missed you. Well, it's you know, you miss me and we we get together, we talk a little wrestling a couple times a year, but let's be honest. Court reached out and he's like, "We got to put we got to put some focus on MLW one shot and deservedly show so I am I'm gonna sit here for a moment and give you the floor tell me and the people out there why MLW one shot is so badass and they need to go
1: well the the thing that I'm most excited about and I, I would hope for most wrestling shows that this would be the case that's the huge main event ricochet who right now has got to be considered the gold standard In terms of top-notch, futuristic athleticism in the world of pro wrestling, whether it's New Japan pro wrestling, whether it's in the U.S., uh, you know, he just became the first two-time winner of the Battle of Los Angeles. This is a guy, I don't know how much longer he's going to be on the circuit. So for him to be in the main event, taking on Shane Strickland, Shane Strickland's a guy military background uh, and, and he uses a lot of those military combatives in his matches the close encounter combat jiu-jitsu and striking and, and an incredible high flyer in, in his own right so ricochet and shane strickland that main event is what i'm most excited about the show is thursday night october 5th in orlando at guilt nightclub tickets start at just 15 bucks and they're available at mlw.com right now and we do have fans flying in from all over the world for this event if you can't make it live in orlando later that weekend the show will be available video on demand at mlw.tv so that's the reason i'm most excited but as the rest of this card shaping up man we've got mvp taking on sammy callahan we've got ufc fighter filthy tom lawler taking on olympian wrestler jeff cobb who's one of the greatest uh, wrestlers out of the west coast right now more and more being announced soon tony Schiavone calling the show going to be the first time he's calling a pro wrestling show since wcw closed he'll be joined by uh uh, former nxt announcer rich brennan who was known as as rich bocchini there and and so top-notch announced team top-notch wrestlers from the the main event all the way on down Uh, i'm just so excited about this show and uh if, if you look at what i love about pro wrestling this is it man shane strickland versus ricochet is a match Uh, That if I could put together almost any match around the world, this is what I would want to see.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we've been uh, putting the MLW 360 videos up on the WrestleZone Facebook page. Um, So you can go over there and over, of course, to MLWradio.com, over onto YouTube as well. Watch these. They're great. Uh, A close look at these two competitors, Ricochet, Shane Strickland, their friendship, uh, their animus towards one another and why this match is going to be so good. But me personally, yeah, I am uh, very excited about that Tom Lawler, Jeff Cobb match, UFC versus the Olympics. That sounds... uh, that sounds badass, and it's kind of something people are buzzing about now. After the uh, the whole UFC boxing uh, situation was so successful, um, yeah, that was great, wonderful. Wow, what a great pitchman you are, MSL.
1: Well, you know, it, it's come it's coming from the heart, man, because these are a lot of wrestlers uh, that I, I personally am just a huge fan of, and I know a, a lot of the MLW fans are interested in these guys, and and so it, it, for me, it's really been a, a dream card so far in terms of the three matches that have been announced. Going to have more announcements soon at MLW.com. And, you know, you you think about the fact uh, that you've got guys where you have this brief moment in time while they're still available, and and I feel like Ricochet is that guy, and people need to really appreciate what he can do uh, while they can still see it before, you know, maybe he goes on uh, to other things where he's not going to have – as much freedom so i'm I'm savoring every ricochet match right now
0: yeah and on the other side of there shane strickland is actually going to be joining me tomorrow in that co-host seat msl we'll have shane on the show Talking about MLW One Shot. I'm going to get his take on some other stuff going on around the world of pro wrestling as well. We're just going to hang out with Shane Strickland uh, and hype this match tomorrow. And Shane is not going to be the only other MLW One Shot guest co-host this month. That's right. Uh, In conjunction with MLW One Shot, we're also going to have, God, who do we have on? I don't have any in front of me right now. Tony Schiavone. uh, We're definitely going to be having on, let's see here, Tony Schiavone. Jeff Cobb, uh, for sure, I know as well. Alex Greenfield is going to be back as well. And I don't know. I, got, I just posted the whole schedule over on WrestleZone.com, and if I don't put it in my run sheet, I totally blank on it, and I can't read it. So, anyway, it's going to be a great Why
1: Well, I, I, I know all of us here at MLW are, are, are excited about this show. We're all fans of WrestleZone, man, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be many of us coming on.
0: Dude, well, and it's great, too. Like, we're going to be back on iTunes here this month, WrestleZone Radio. One of the reasons I was like, man, I was like, look at this. Look at this pool of talent. This is a murderer's row here in September. So... You guys, it's all free. Go check it out. We are working on, you know, getting the last of the kinks worked out over at IRWNetwork.com. But for the meantime, I want to make sure all these shows are accessible to you guys as possible. Uh, the SmackDown Rebellion is going to go up tonight with Joe Jan and heat a conversation with Booker T's Brad Gilmore. Uh, Eric Bischoff and I, we're starting to record Bischoff on Wrestling on Tuesday nights, so I'll be recording with him in just a couple hours. That'll be up tomorrow morning on iTunes uh, again. Early. We're going to be putting them out like, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. No longer waiting till the eve to get your Bishop on wrestling. Uh, and over on IRW Network, of course, find the latest episode of Capital Wrestling. Finally, I'll be making my commentary debut later this month, September 23rd. Black Label Pros, the Darkest Timeline Championship Tournament, Phase One, Crown Point, Indiana. Go find them online. I'm at WZ Rebel over on Twitter. And MSL, is there anything else you'd like to plug, promote, or put over here to wrap us up today?
1: Well a- anybody that's in Florida, Georgia, you you want to you want to fly down for a vacation. We're in Orlando. It's Thursday night and then you can spend the weekend hitting up all all the parks and all that. It's really a great destination event. Tickets start at just 15 bucks. mlw.com